0: All right, all right. Welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. I'm your host, Xander Fryer. Today, we've got a good friend of mine and a client of ours, Phil Bolhol on the show. Now, Phil, uh, immigrating to the US as a young adult from the Philippines, learned a lot about becoming an entrepreneur, became an entrepreneur and sold his first $5,000 deal when he was 13, went through a dark phase and then eventually joined the military where he really learned a lot about leadership as a Marine and a heavy machine gunner. Until eventually getting back into entrepreneurship, learning how to do high-ticket coaching and consulting, and has now built a seven-figure business and is partnering uh, with one of the top marketers in the world, who has also sold over thirty million dollars uh, himself. And you guys are not going to want to miss this episode. In it, we talk about uh, why dropshipping is not the way to go when it comes to entrepreneurship. While you always need to blame yourself first if something's not going right instead of looking for external excuses, we dig into three tools to make you more successful and build an eight-figure business, the importance about delayed gratification, and why purpose is more important than passion. And don't forget that we only spread our message when you share this knowledge with others that need it. So if you enjoy this episode, please share it on your social and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. And for all of our Shit You Don't Learn in College fans out there, if you've gotten any value from this podcast, don't forget to go to www.sidlickbook.com and grab your copy of the number one bestseller, Shit You Don't Learn in College, the book available now. All right, all right. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. I'm your host, Xander Fryer. And today we've got my good friend, Phil Bohol on. Phil, welcome uh-huh. to the party. How's it going, man?
1: Doing, doing very good, sir. How you doing?
0: I'm doing well, dude. I'm doing well. I uh, I'm really excited to talk to you. You've been uh, a friend and a client of ours for a while now, so I've gotten to watch your journey uh, over the last maybe year or so, a little over a year now. Um, so I'm really excited to kind of dig in and and uh, share that with everybody. Um, but you've now uh, you've now built a business just to give everybody high level. You've now built a business that you're doing hundred k months. Um you're starting a company with uh, another entrepreneur who's done 30 million in business, I believe 30 million in business. So, uh closeddeals.com. Nice. Uh so I'm really excited for everything that you're doing and everything that you've become now, which we'll get to. But before we do that, I kind of want to start everybody off with your story and uh, you know maybe a little bit of your background in the military and how you became an entrepreneur. Uh so why don't you just fill me in by by starting there?
1: Absolutely, sir. So um, number one, thanks for having me on. Um, Number two, I love
0: when you call me sir. It just makes me feel more important than I actually am, but I love it,
1: man. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So my entrepreneurship journey actually started uh, before the military, before I started all of this stuff. Um, You know, from my background, I came from the Philippines. Uh, We migrated over here and, you know, my father was working super, super hard uh, to just give us a good life. And, you know, things happened. Our family got through a divorce and that divorce is the thing that kind of catapulted me into wanting something different. At the time, it was for money. So at 13, I actually built my first online company. Um, I made a 5K deal, and I closed it, and that's how I bought my first BMW at 14. I took a big pause from entrepreneurship because I didn't know what it was at the time. It was out of necessity, out of survival at the time. Yeah. And then I went down this super, super dark path. And that dark path got me to the point where, you know, I, I didn't even know what I want to do on this earth anymore. And I decided yeah. to en- enlist to the military, so the Marine Corps. And I wanted to pick one of the hardest jobs possible. I wanted to become a machine gunner. I saw these big dudes carrying massive, massive amounts of weight. And I was a little guy. I probably weighed like a buck ten, maybe maybe 115 pounds, and then eventually I worked my way up to 130, and I just saw these guys and I just started questioning, like, how are these guys carrying so much weight? How do they have the mental fortitude, the spirit, the willpower? Because I'm missing all of that, and that's why I decided to enlist um, into it. And I became a machine gunner, I became a machine gun squad leader, and I learned how to develop all of these things that I felt were broken in me. I refined it inside of the military for seven years, and I got out because of uh, medical reasons. And then from there, I moved to the corporate world. The corporate world, unfortunately, didn't really give me what I was looking for, if anything. Um, I probably felt more agitated because I had leadership ability, and then I had people calling themselves leaders and managers all the time, just throwing leadership out there into the world. I'm a leader, I'm a leader, I'm a leader, and they're not leading people. They don't care about people and it would always irk me. And that's why I started looking for other ways to make an income, make a make a life that I wanted without being part of the corporate sector. Um, I started getting into dropshipping, e-commerce, I started my own little fitness brand. You know, I started doing 50K per month, but margins are super low. Um, if you ever start one of those businesses, you have to think about all the overhead. I didn't know that. All I saw were the bells and whistles. I just saw the money that was coming in for people. Um, and at that point, I realized that for me personally, I love connecting with people and selling products like that, um, whether it's dropshipping, e-commerce, I even opened up my own fulfillment um, center in Ohio. I don't get to connect with people that way. Yeah. And that's when I decided I need to do something different. And that's when I started looking into coaching uh, online courses where I can actually connect and help and mentor people. Now, I did that for it's, about by a By the year. way,
0: it's, it's really funny that you brought up the whole, sorry to cut in here, but it's really yeah. funny that you brought up the whole like. Uh, you know, when you're in the corporate world, you got all this leadership training and then you go in the corporate world and you see all these quote unquote leaders and you're like, this isn't leadership. Because I got a lot of that experience as well, because I went through Air Force ROTC. I spent five years training to be a leader in the Air Force before getting kicked out when I got my DUI. And when I went into the corporate world, you know, the first, I remember the first day my manager asked me, he said, Xander, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to lead people. And he goes, ha okay, well, it'll be about like five to seven years before that. But like, what do you want to do now? I was like, that's, I was like, I don't understand. Like, that's what I want to do.
1: Mm -hmm. Right.
0: And then like for the next three, four years, I was seeing all these people that were quote unquote leaders. I was like, I, I, I I was trained for five years to do this. I can do this better than you. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I remember that really irking me. So I'm glad you kind of brought that up. Do you think that like that desire of yours as a leader is what kind of shifted you and obviously wanting to connect and work with people? Was that part of it?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I honestly, I'd have to think about it really deeply. I think it was probably my sense of, you know, what I grew up with and what I grew up without, and I want to give that to people because I was able to find that through my journey in life so far, and I know that not enough people actually care about others. Like, you know, people will have some type of status, but they'll see themselves as this person and somebody else as a lower being. For me, everybody's equal, and if I'm here. I want to bring you here. I'm going I, I got to I
0: I gotta bring them up with me. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's just passing that torch of knowledge and experience and just wanting to better people. Um, and so I leadership definitely played into it.
0: Yeah, I think that's really important though, because I think especially obviously, you know, now you've gotten into the coaching space, the coaching consulting space, and we'll get into that second half of this journey in a second here. But I think it's really important to point out, like there's, I think there's a lot of people that get into coaching consulting because they see, like you mentioned, you know, drop shipping or e-commerce can have low margins. Coaching consulting can have high margins. You can have a lot of freedom, a lot of flexibility. So they get into it for selfish reasons. They get into it for a me reason. And I personally think most people that get into coaching for a me reason don't end up surviving because it's harder than they think it's going to be. Right. And I think yeah. there's people that get into coaching for the right reasons, like you, that's like, I really truly believe I'm I'm put on this earth to go help people. And do you kind of see the same thing? Obviously, you've worked with a lot of, of people in the high ticket space, the coaching space now. Have you noticed the same thing?
1: Absolutely, because those people burn out. They they lack a yeah. sense of purpose and, and purpose is serving people, helping people. And if we can't tap into that on a daily basis, who's gonna wake up at four a.m. in the morning, three a.m. in the morning to start hustling yeah. for however long we need to hustle for and just get the job done for the mission. But yeah, if you you're don't not going to get up
0: after you get punched in the face if you don't have that purpose, right? Yeah,
1: and when you get rejected, right, you're going to take it personally and you're going to feel it and you're going to go through your own selfish things, right? I, I got rejected, but I wanted to make that money versus I got rejected. How do I get better so I can then serve the next person? I'm going to take all my failures here and take that lesson, help the next person, and continue refine that process. It's, it's that driving force that's going to make you Love keep it. showing up on a daily basis.
0: Love it. So, so obviously, you know this inclination you want to get into the service space what happens then
1: yeah um so going to like the coaching realm is that what you're saying yep yep so i mean the biggest thing it's like you have to be kind of ready uh for what's to come because you can grow rapidly um you know there's going to be a time where you're hustling you're not going to see results i didn't see results for over a year and then i found my way to you and then i didn't Get results because of my personal things that I need to work through. Right. And then yeah. I started implementing the processes. And by trusting the processes, working on my own driving force, following a mentor that I highly respected, that's how I started helping people. And the moment I did that, it sparked something in me that this is possible. Right. You can make a living literally out of helping people. And then once you grow and scale, you're literally helping your team members, you're helping yourself, you're helping your family, you're helping your clients, you're just helping people. And that's what you get paid to do. It's nuts. So it's, yeah, it's, it's that's crazy.
0: I love what you said there too. Right. It's like, and, and you know, this is, this is one of the reasons that I love working with you as well as because you, you always find a way to take true ownership. Right. And you know, this is obviously we hear Chuckle willing talk about this and extreme ownership. Uh, maybe this is just something that they teach us in the military and I know you're a Marine and I'm an air force person, which means I'm not really military. Right. But like it, I feel like it is something that is taught in the military. It's like you have to take ownership. And what you said is like, yeah I had a lot of my own shit getting in the way, which is why I was not getting results at first, right and I think that's that's a really important thing for us to always notice now. My question to you is is that you know how do you know whether it's it's you getting in your own way or if it's a system that doesn't actually work right because it can be either yeah or maybe so- it's both. <laughs>
1: I, I do believe it it can be both, but I believe you go through kind of seasons of knowing that it's a system and i I for my personal experience, it's always gonna be you. It's always gonna be us. It's always gonna be we first before the system yeah. because we won't know it's a system if we always blame the system first, which means we're not taking ownership. But you know, there was a, even a time I broke down crying in front of you because of all of the frustrations I was experiencing. And that was yeah. me p- finally putting everything on the table because I said, there's something broken here. There's something here that I need help with. And by mm. working on the person, the driver, then I got to see where the systems were failing. Because now yeah. I can take myself out of the equation, stop internalizing You are no everything. longer
0: available, of uh, a variable. This is taken exactly. out. Now I can focus on the rest of
1: the system. Now you know what the system is, and that's where you can start kind of dissecting what the issues are there. But it starts with us. It has to start with us.
0: Love it. Love it. Um, so you've now, over the last year or so, been, been able to scale a business up pretty rapidly. What would you say, or maybe the, you know, I, I'd say the top, let's pick the top three reasons that you think you've been able to scale a, a rapidly growing coaching business? You know, I I see you and what you're doing, hitting the eight figure mark over the next year to two years, right? What, what do you think have been three things that really allowed you to do that?
1: My answers are probably going to be super funny. It's number one, being a student, um, Taking the ego, the pride out of the whole equation, it didn't matter my background, my experience, anything like that, I came in with a humble heart, knowing that there are seniors to me that have walked the path I want to walk. I need to take all of that shit aside and just be humble. I need to be a student. I need to learn and I need to trust processes that have come way before me in my journey here. And being a student is the number one thing that has always helped me in all areas of my life, not just, um, you know, with entrepreneurship. It's being a student to life outside of that as well. So you can really have that congruency. And when you're a student, you can soak up so many nuggets that most people will actually close themselves off to because I know better. I have experience doing this yeah. thing. But in entrepreneurship, like leadership, right? I've come to you multiple times where, you know, I have leadership ability, but in a business standpoint, it's different. As an entrepreneur, it's different. And being humble enough to say, I'm a good leader, but I'm not that leader yet. Right. And that's one yeah. of the biggest things that's really allowed me to take quantum leaps where I've seen others not be able to just because of that sense of ego and pride that. They just know uh, part
0: of, it's, it's interesting. And, and tell me if you see the connection here as well, but you mentioned, you know, seeing everybody as equal, right? Mm-hmm. I think one thing that kind of comes to me, there's like, I have, I have a mentor of mine that makes significantly less money than me, mm-hmm. but he's actually a business mentor of mine. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it is because, while well, most people be like, oh, like he can't teach you anything. He's down here. I'm like, I can learn anything from anybody, right? There's somebody on, everybody on this earth has something to teach me. And okay. he's proven that he can teach me a lot of stuff, even though he makes a third of the amount that I do in business. Exactly. Do you think that that mentality you have has been a really big part of you allowing you to be humble enough to always be a student?
1: Absolutely, because unless I've walked the path that everybody in this world has ever walked, how can I know everything right? and yeah. it's it's understanding that people go through different things, whether that they're learning it in entrepreneurship or they've learned it in their life. That's experience. That's knowledge we don't have access to. And the more yeah, books we don't you have, read, it's wisdom,
0: true wisdom. It's
1: exactly. And you read more books, you'll realize there's so much wisdom in the world. There's so much knowledge in the world that we haven't accessed yet. So why act like we know everything right now? Why not just be open to all the knowledge that we have access to?
0: And just and just keep focusing on growth. I love it. Exactly. exactly. So so that's number one. What's what's number two?
1: Number two, um, next to being humble, it's being a hustler. <laughs> Like you have to put in the hustle. You have to be willing to put in the work. You can't just say, "Hey, I want to build a um, you know six figure business, seven figure business, eight figure business," and then just stop there and wish yeah. it to come true. Like you have to be willing to put in the time and effort. And I understand people, you know, they want to have like work life balance and all that stuff. I think about integrating all of that, and I also really focus on delayed gratification and understanding that the efforts that we're putting in today, maybe we're not going to see the results of that today, tomorrow, or next week or next month. But if you can. Put put it off for a year. You can put it off for two years, right? So similar to when I first got started actually with my coaching business, it took me quite a few months to get started. But imagine if I just stopped, if I lost my motivation, if I stopped hustling, I would not be where I'm at today where when I think about hundred K a month, I'm like, okay, well that's easy. How do I get to something bigger than that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's really the hustle. And there was, there was and,
0: a point where you had nothing and it was like, you could have stopped at that point. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And every. Every sector of your life, even leading up to entrepreneurship, you always have the opportunity to stop. The door is always open for you to quit. And if you decide within yourself that you will make this happen, you will actualize the life that you have the potential to deserve, right, just like you say, then you will. But you have to put in the work. And I I see a lot of people failing themselves because they think, I'm going to do this much and I'm going to have the world. But you have to be – willing to give the world first, not see any results for a while. And then eventually over time, you will see that you will see the the results of your effort. And that's the big number two for me.
0: I love that. That's number two. What's number three for you?
1: Number three, I would probably say always looking for, uh, different solutions, whether that's you personally whether that's in your business, um, any problems that you're having in your life, right? It always affects everything. So for me personally, I did a lot of what I did for my wife and for my daughter. And you know we've, we had to go through our struggles like as a new family, new baby girl, newborn, right? That would affect me in my business, but I had to learn how to command and control All areas of my life. And when I problem solved enough, right, I'm always looking for solutions everywhere. How do I optimize how we're feeding the baby? How do I optimize our schedule so that way I can work, right? There was a time where I would show up to um, coaching calls with my daughter, you know, like you have to find solutions to make it work, not find excuses because you can do one or the other again, but that comes with hustling, right? And that comes back to your commitment. So it's just finding solutions everywhere. And then when it comes to business, I mean, that's, yeah, it's a never ending story, right? It's just going to be problems, but you solve enough problems, you get exactly what you want in life. You solve enough people's problems, you get everything that you want in life. You solve your own problems, you get where you want to get to in life.
0: You're literally um, a professional problem solver. And yes. the moment <laughs> that we forget that as entrepreneurs is when we stop being successful.
1: Exactly.
0: Um, I, I think it was uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger that said, you can either have excuses or results. You can't have both.
1: Exactly. Right? There so you
0: go. I love that man. How, you know, you know curious, obviously, and and you've got, uh, you're a growing family now, which I love seeing the social media posts around. You've got a growing business now. So you're, you're making more money. You're having more of an impact. You've got the family. How would you personally define success in your life?
1: Personal, personally define success. I mean, it's, it's, it's true happiness for, for me, right? So my core value, one of my core values is, is family and um my happiness is not from the amount of wealth i ever accumulate it's not about the success in my business believe it or not it's about happiness and fulfillment and and really tapping into purpose if my family's happy daily like truly happy and they can go to sleep at night without a stress in the world i feel fulfilled if my clients feel happy at the end of the day they feel supported they're getting results I'm happy, I'm fulfilled. It doesn't matter about all of these other dynamics or variables in the business. I just wanna make sure that what I'm doing on this earth is of impact. It's doing something, whether that's for my immediate family, my clients, or maybe even the people in my business, right? My team members. I want to make sure every single day I'm showing up to serve anybody and everybody that trusts me enough to seek my guidance. And that's how I deem myself successful. If people start failing around me, if people start worrying around me, then I'm not doing enough to step up to the plate, hustle enough to lead from the front and give them a different lifestyle, give them a, a different thing. And, and if there's failure around me, I take ownership of that. I'm the failure because I should yeah. have stepped up. So if, if I'm successful, it's because everybody's happy. That's around me. That it's, uh, that I'm it's, it's
0: really coming back to a place of service is what it sounds like. Making sure that we're serving others and, and putting them in a better position than they would have been if we weren't there. Exactly. love it. So you talked about you talked about the hustle, you talked about the early mornings. Um, what is the first thing that you do, first thing? like what do you do first thing in the morning when you wake up?
1: Well, first thing that I do when I wake up um, is not want to wake up, right? That doesn't change. Okay. <laughs> so anybody that thinks that you just wake up in the morning, you're just like going hyper speed. Uh, no, no, not at all. There's there's mornings where I'm just like I don't want to wake up at 3:30 in the morning just to get all this stuff done. I don't want to wake up at four. I don't want to wake up at five. First thing that I do though is always the same thing. I always go downstairs. I get my oatmeal, I chug a bottle of water, so that way I refresh myself, then I go into my mindset, I go into my meditation, and I don't touch any technology, I don't look at my phone, I don't look at the computer, I don't do any of that stuff, and then I look at my journal, right? So my journal right here, this is what I look at, and then I look at what do I need to do for the day to be successful on top of all the things I'm already doing. And I start the day the same way all the time because that is what sets the tone for the entire day. Right, and yeah. when when you have that consistency, you can predict how your day is going to go, how successful you're going to be.
0: Love it. So you're, so you're getting off on the right foot, just to make sure that everything else happens properly. Second. Is there any any other like weird or different habits that you like success habits that you might have that other people don't do uh, that you just you, you'd want to tell the world about? You know, what the example I always give is like the fear journal, right? Like mm. most people, whenever I tell people about like yeah, like I literally journal out all my negative shitty thoughts like when everybody's like gratitude journal and this and i'm like no 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 like i'm gonna journal out all the most negative shit i can come up with to get it out of my head right like do you have something like that that you do that's a little bit different
1: Yeah. So I have, I have two things, um, that are very, I haven't heard of anybody else doing this. Well, the first one's more of has to do with my daughter, right? Whenever I need like just a refresh, I just go spend five minutes, 10 minutes with my daughter. And that just completely revitalized me. It reminds me what I'm experiencing all these things for. So the more happy she is, the more that I know I'm doing right. The next thing that I do, which is going to sound completely fucking crazy is then I think about all the consequences of me not performing today. And I think about like, what if she has a terrible life? What if she experiences all of this stuff? What if she grows up broken the way that I felt broken uh, growing up? And I go completely dark side and negative because yeah. that's the thing that charges me up again because I made a decision that I will never allow my family to ever experience what I had to go through. And they'll yeah. never be in a position where they'll feel stuck, where they're going to feel abandoned, where they're going to feel all of these negative things. And I use that as my driving force to ensure that if I feel lazy today, good. Then when your family suffers, when other people suffer, that's on you because you decided to be lazy today. And you
0: know why, because you made the decision to be lazy.
1: 100%, 100%. So a lot of people like to go to the ura, like oh, I want to make money, I want to change my life blah blah, blah all that stuff. Which is yeah. good, right? But it's pulling you that way, but there's something behind you that can also drive you. And once you find that thing for yourself, right? Yours is the fear journal, others are gratitude journals and things like that. I do the gratitude stuff, you know, I always say what I'm grateful <laughs> for, in my family, but I use the negative charge because that's the thing that gets me moving every single time. It's-
0: it's so funny you bring that up because, you, know, uh, you know, Tim Grover talks about the dark side. Um, Tom Billy was in a mastermind that I was a part of, and he talked about he has a hit list. And I thought that was hilarious because, you know, Tom Billy is a, a really spiritual guy, a really positive guy. Right. And, you know, like we, I, I think as conscious people, we always want to be like, yeah, you want to focus on the positive and, and you don't want to be driven by bad things. Well, it's like, well, we're human. So mm-hmm. like, until I've completely moved through all of that hurt and that trauma and that subconscious programming, I'm probably going to have a little bit of a dark side and learning how to take advantage of it to help me do good things is not a bad thing. And Tom Billie talks about his hit list. He says he has this list of all these people that have wronged him throughout his life. And whenever he's like feeling like, like he talk, talked about a little bit down or beat up or unmotivated or lazy, he brings out his hit list and he just reads through and he goes, I can't quit now. I can't let this, I can't let this person win. I can't let this person be right. So Mm -hmm. similar idea. I love that one. I think that's great.
1: And it heals you too. It heals you in the process. You know, you use it as a driving force, but you're repurposing something negative and creating a positive charge out of it. And and then that's why it's so impactful.
0: Love that man. Um, so one, one thing that I want to dig into is, you know, this whole idea of shit you don't learn in college. Uh, did you go to college, by the way, or did you, you just enlisted, right?
1: No, yeah. It's kind of, school wasn't for me. I was almost a dropout in high school, actually.
0: <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, let me ask it to you this way, then. What is what is one thing that you wish was taught in school or for your daughter? You know, if your daughter's going to go to school, like, what's one thing that you wish would be taught in school that, so she could learn it?
1: it? It's an interesting subject, but just life You know, not a lot of people prepare you for life and just having like an open discussion, right? You kind of have a cookie cutter approach to what you're taught in school, and then that becomes the filter to life. But if people actually start teaching you about maybe tapping into yourself, learning about yourself, learning about what you like, what you don't like, teaching you kind of like what even alternatives are outside of just being a doctor or a teacher or a firefighter or a policeman, right? Like all of the different things. We're even talking about entrepreneurship. You know, like yeah. that, that's even a possibility. Um, there's just so many subjects that I just, just hated in school. And I literally thought to myself, what is the point of me even showing up to school if this is what you're, I'm You're learn?
0: preaching to the choir right now, brother. You're preaching to the <laughs> choir. <laughs>
1: there you go. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just those the real core life lessons that you will actually take with you. I mean, algebra is cool and all that stuff, but even to this day, I still use addition and subtraction. That's basically it. So
0: yeah. I love that, man. Um So tell me, tell me a little bit about closeddeals.com. Tell me a little bit about what you guys are doing now, where you're heading. Uh, I would love to hear more about that.
1: Absolutely. So closeddeals.com was founded by myself and my business partner, Dan Henry. Um, And yes, he did 30 million in online sales. And we actually got together because we found two sides uh, to a coin where um, he's uh, one of the greatest marketers right now online. And... I have this leadership ability and sales experience where I get to train and develop people in a, a little bit of a different way than what's out there. Um, it's just my approach to it's just a little human. And we found that those things can actually merge really well together. I actually took him on as a client and taught his team my philosophy and they absolutely crushed it. And this is where we yeah. kind of you know showed the model. From there, we got into a joint venture together and we blew that out of the water as well. And then we decided why not pair up and take both of our superpowers and do something to really change what the game of sales actually means, where we can be more impact driven, right? And he saw my heart when it came to wanting to help people through high ticket sales. For me, high ticket sales is such a transformational experience and it's not a transactional one. It's not to buy something, it's to change. If I never invested into high ticket myself, I would not be on this podcast right now today. And I just have so much belief in that. And so what we're doing is, you know, we have a few different offers, but our primary offer is we help train and manage your sales team. So you don't have to. And that's because I just love helping people. And now I get to just help sales teams and people get through whatever blocks they're experiencing so we can scale up companies. So as we help the people, it helps the company's revenues and they get to grow and their impact grows as well. So it's just this trickle effect simply just yeah. by focusing on the people that we get to serve
0: you now you now get to have that effect where it creates this ripple effect every every person you get to work with is going to go help you know dozens or hundreds or thousands of people you know, moving forward and transforming or changing their life
1: exactly whether that's the sales uh, pros or whether that's the entrepreneurs with their impact no matter what we do with our mission with our company we're helping somebody and that's a beautiful thing
0: Dude, that's amazing, man. Where can where can people learn more about you? Is it just closeddeals.com or where can they learn more about Phil, learn more about what you and Dan are doing? Talk to me about that.
1: Absolutely. So if you want to learn more about us at just www.closeddeals.com and you'll have see um, currently what we're doing right now um, on our landing page, there's going to be an about us section so you can learn more about us there and our social contents will also be there as well.
0: Perfect. Awesome, man. Phil, this has been great. I think our audience is going to get a ton out of this. Uh, I really appreciate you being on for this, man. Um, And for all of our shit you don't learn in college fans out there, if you've gotten any value from this podcast, don't forget to go to www.sydlicbook.com, S-Y-D-L-I-C book.com to grab your copy of Shit You Don't Learn in College, the bestseller available now. Phil, thanks a ton, man. This has been a blast.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, sir, and definitely grab that book. It's crazy. It's nuts.